This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. We are at Rensport. Yes. I, I yes. thought I'd seen a lot of Porsches in my life. <laughs> I thought I I'd seen no a lot of Porsches idea. in Porsches I in had life. no idea the Porsche love. Oh, I'm a little overwhelmed. You're overwhelmed, and you, and you like it much but, more than I do. Well, good news, everybody. We have found multiple examples of Cayenne, Trans-Siberia mm -hmm. versions, Cayennes, early Cayennes, just yes. like Todd's, that have been transformed yes. into off-roaders. Todd is actually taking photos of I these. I am taking photos. I'm and thinking, sending yes. them to his wife to say, honey, mm -hmm. no Jeep Wrangler, I take took, a look at this. I took photos of the actual original factory Trans-Siberia, which is fully caged. It's a two-seater. It is far more than I would ever go in a million Two-seater Cayenne. Yeah, Fantastic. because it was just designed. It's the real one. It's got like a dented side panel. Yeah. It's the real thing. Dents mean it's real. Yes. And I said it to my wife and her response was, well, that looks expensive. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> that's what like, she yeah. said? I was like, we're not doing that. I'm just showing you the most extreme example. <laughs> we still got to have it have four seats and carry dogs. I, I told you to start with orange wheels. Just have the wheels powder that's coated orange. Let's just start it's there. very funny. We'll move to the mirror caps and then the rear spoiler and <laughs> then we'll do the lift. So we're just doing the aesthetics. And then I wanna, add the winch. I, I want to do the lift. We'll see where that goes. But the anyway. Lift is cool. As you can obviously tell we are not in studio because we are at Rensport which is out at Laguna Seca and uh, the traffic has been every bit as bad as Monterey mm -hmm. except yeah. it's almost entirely Porsches. I did see inexplicably a Z06 pulling into Rensport and you asked the appropriate question which is <laughs> are they going to let him in? <laughs> like why are you driving that Brand up here? Brand new Z06. I don't uh, get it. We've seen multiple actual Dakars in the uh, in the lot. I had not seen any Dakars until now mm -hmm. and now I guess there's many of them. Yes. Most of them. Tons yeah. of Cayennes, obviously, uh, i got to bring up the Cayennes, but they were using Cayennes as shuttles. This is funny to me. They were using Cayennes as shuttles to take people up to Corkscrew. Mm -hmm. If you've never been to Laguna Seca, Corkscrew is a very famous corner that drops down a hill with a crazy kink in the middle. It's a very fun corner. It's possible to hike up there. It's a, it's, it's a legitimate hike. Difficult walk is it's all a it is. Exactly. Well, they have shuttles so people yeah. don't have to hike, which is very funny. <laughs> so all these filthy Cayennes are blasting up and down the hill. I'm telling you, they should have used all the Dakars. One I agree. person, One at, a person time, at a time. Shuttle you up line. and then back down. You that would have been sure cool. you don't want to walk? Get the anyway. Dakars dirty, I say. <laughs> but this was your opportunity. As part of this event, there have been many, many sections of it. We have heard from many Porsche-related people about all kinds of things, including, what is it, it's Sunderwunsch, which uh, is the wishes. special wishes category of Porsche, which I knew this existed. This is fully customizing your Porsche. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what I didn't realize is how far past the many, many actual options you have to go before you even get to this category. And then there were three categories of that. <laughs> yeah, you have to say no to all of those and then keep going. It's sort of like, what, what else can you do for me? You cannot leave the Porsche configurator and you can wind up doing a paint sample right now, which used to be a thing you like had to like call somebody. I don't know who it was. You had to like have it in in the special yeah, handshake. Yeah. Now you can do it right there on the website. Yep. If you decide you don't want to do one of the standard paint-to-sample colors or the special paint-to-sample colors, then you get into, I forget what they call it, but they have another level beyond that like special request. It's mm -hmm. not yet special wishes. It's like a special request middle ground 
where they can generally solve it. But then you have just, I would like to make my one-off. We were joking about the fact that this is how you end up with the one-of-one one Porsche at your local Cars and Coffee, because that guy yeah. went through special wishes and did things that were unbelievable. The most profound one I felt like was... You can actually, if you would like to make the most special wishes version of the special wishes department, you are so far from the configurator at this point, you spend $100,000 uh -huh, uh -huh. to be kind of quasi-included in Porsche employees. But you're assigned your own engineer and your this own designer. Exactly. And they even said you get a special key card that allows you in some areas of the building. So you can come and go as if you were a Porsche employee and you get an employee badge. This is $100,000 worth of for essentially consultation. That's a great yeah. word for it. Yeah. Employees helping you figure out if what you would like to do is possible. And then after that year, you have a locked down concept, at which point they send you the potential bill and you decide if you would like to go forward and make your one-off Porsche. They're essentially asking you, what seems right to you? How can we help you? I, and that's what the hundred grand gets you to start. And mm. their paint color... If you don't want any of the paint to sample colors and you decide you want something else to, mm -hmm, to be matched, mm -hmm. you like a particular yep. fabric yep. or you like a, uh, something that is painted a color and you want them to match that, that costs 45000 US dollars. Oh, that's before you even get to special wishes. If you want chromoflare paint or anything, a, a uh -huh. higher level oh, yeah. of, of painting expertise, it goes on up from that point. And they spend eight months just trying to figure out your paint to sample color because they have to make sure it looks the same on all the different materials that your car is made of. On, on the other level, I want to applaud a company like Porsche for essentially allowing themselves to be a, that much of a coach builder and allowing people to be that bespoke. I just cannot believe we're all this picky. Because by the time you get to special wishes, you're being picky for the sake of being picky. I suppose so. I think you are. I suppose so, Because one yeah. of the other things that was said, and this was, and it was cool to hear about the program, one of the things that was interesting in the special wishes thing is our guide was acknowledging that the people that are that far into the program are already Porsche files. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're not coming in with a let's blank sheet this. It's almost like they want to make a singer through Porsche. They want, but it's so it's subtle differences. So they're not leaving with a car that's like I've never seen that car before. Mm -hmm. It's subtle changes. I'm trying to figure out a way to actually graduate to that program. But <laughs> let's start with the reconditioning. I was actually thinking about reconditioning because you can mm -hmm. give them your car, and you can even in the U.S. Take it to Atlanta. That's where they can do a lot of the reconditioning there. Yeah. I was thinking of the 928. Because you haven't spent enough money on it. I know. So you really ought to it's spend the money more pit. money on the 928. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even like a minor refresh. Sure. You know, like refresh the paint in the interior and the engine's running pretty good. Go through the mechanicals. Yeah. Upgrade yeah. the brakes. And I kind of am digging that. The transmission still needs a lot of work. Uh -huh. It's still really fussy and not feeling too good. But, you know, we had it on our Four Points road trips, and it yep. took me all yep. around the, the U.S. It did, Coast to sure. coast, north to south, east to west. Uh, you know, your Z took you as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the Sonderwunsch is pretty amazing and really cool to find out more in-depth about what it is. And there's a, a long waiting list as far as I was the, the special builds that they're they're working on. But yeah, just the reconditioning kind of interests me too. Every Porsche you've heard about, seen, seen photos of, heard rumors of, thought might exist, but you didn't think they really built, they were all there. It is a staggering <laughs> amount of cars. We walked the paddock. We walked some of the just people that came to Rensport that parked places. We saw some of those cars. 
I was overwhelmed by the Porsche amount. It's a really cool event. Thanks to Porsche for bringing us out. It's very cool. They also decided to do a big reveal. Porsche is showing a single seat track car for enthusiasts and collectors. It is called the 911 GT3R Rennsport. It is a 4.2 liter six cylinder boxer engine out of the 911 GT3R that revs to 9,400 RPM. Isn't the standard GT3 engine a 4-liter? Isn't this already larger? It's standard is 4. This and is it, punched so out to 4.2. So standard is 4-liter that revs to 9,000. This mm -hmm. is 4.2-liter that revs to 9,400. And because it is not officially a regulated track car, they took out all the stops, which means it gets 611 horsepower naturally aspirated. That is significantly more powerful than the standard GT3R <laughs> race car, old GT3R. Which, which is actually regulated for racing, and of course the standard GT3. So this is significantly more powerful. That is a power output of 145 horsepower per liter. That is a ton. This is a naturally aspirated engine. Porsche says this is designed to run on E25 fuels, including bioethanol and e-fuel. So this power delivery is through a sequential six-speed constant mesh gearbox from the GT3R. The new bodywork shows that the exterior mirrors are gone. This mm -hmm. is now using three cameras integrated into the exterior of the vehicle, monitors in the cockpit, and you have seven basic color choices. You only get seven basic colors, three special designs, but this says limited edition of 77 based on the 911 GT3R. This is the seventh time they've done this Rennsport event. This is not an annual event. Yeah, last one was 2018. This is a huge yeah. draw. Porsche Corporate has brought many cars from the museum in Germany mm -hmm. to Laguna Seca to display or be driven here in California. Yes. The scale of effort that is done for this, I, I can't overstate. This is this is Porsche Woodstock, okay? That's that's the best That's a great way of terming it. That's the best way it. I yeah. can think of. So it cuz it's yeah. not an annual event. It has brought people from all over the nation and all over the world. What I am really observing, one of the reasons I love Porsche so much is because of what they're doing to support their old cars, mm -hmm. all their race cars, and proliferate the future of racing and the future of high-performance driving. Because the best way to preserve all these cars is not to put them in museums, not to show them, not to put them on display. Yeah, yeah. It is to get them out here on track and being constantly worked on mm -hmm. and refreshed and refurbished and then driven really hard mm -hmm. in all the different classes that, that uh, Rennsport is offering. So you get the 356 classes yes. all the way up to their race cars. Mm -hmm. I mean, some famous names are back in race cars. Yes. Gunnar Jeanette, Danny Sullivan was mm -hmm. in, the, in the car. Yep. Of course, Patrick Long. Uh, Weber was there as Mark well. Mark Weber was yeah. in a car and they're on, you know, those are the uh, more modern GT3 mm -hmm. class cars, but everything is being driven. All of the old stuff from the 60s all the way up through I, modern cars. They are proliferating and supporting all of their old cars. What other company do you know that supports all their old stuff just as much and pays attention to the mm -hmm, old stuff just mm -hmm. as much as they pay attention to the new stuff? I have to give Porsche credit there because you're right. You, you see a so, so many companies are only concerned with making sure you buy the new car, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. if it's more than 10 years old, they, the level of support they have for their car, except for, look, we, the consumers, want to support the older stuff, yeah, but the yeah. companies actually being like, we're gonna look backwards and make sure this is available to find you this stuff. Porsche is kind of in a class of their own, and when you go to an event like this, you really see, to your point, this is not a drive your really cool, one-off, 
was once a Lama winning car out here and show it to us. Let's put it behind Velvet Rope. No. No, bring it out, please. And then go hammer it on Laguna Seca. Exactly Let's see right. how it does. I was I am very impressed with the using of all of these cars and Porsche needs to be applauded for that. And you do see that on display like crazy. I just kept having moments where I just needed to sit down. I just was like, you know, <laughs> Paul walked the paddock a couple times without me. Because I was I like, you running. know, I was I'm running. good. I'm good. No, you go be no. excited. It it's going to be fine. It was awesome. So thank you to Porsche for having us out to Rensport. It's an incredible event. We don't quite know when the next one will be, but they are not annual. That is mm -hmm. for sure. Almost representing every car that they have ever built. It was crazy. It's on display yeah. here from the museum. They've shipped them over or they're on track. Mm -hmm. And that is mm -hmm. really exciting to, and special to see. Absolutely. They're, they're racing these things. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you're cleaning your car after a summer of hard driving, be sure to wash in a cool, shady spot and use Griot's Garage Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer with Snow Foam. You can also connect the Boss Foam Cannon to your pressure washer and use Foaming Surface Wash and Polygloss. Griot's has also just introduced the Cordless Foaming Sprayer. You can create a high foam blizzard with little to no work and avoid wash-induced scratches, which is the safest way to wash your ride. Now, if you need to get bugs off the front of your car, try the bug and smudge remover right before you wash. Or if you've been tracking your car, track spray removes rubber streaks that always happen. The rubber smears and tire chunks come off really easy as soon as you use the track spray. Griot's offers wash and detail kits, which make it easy to get the right products together. Whether you just are doing a starter kit, it's your first time using Griot's, or you're breaking out a foam cannon and you're adding to your collection, Griot's has the right kit for you. Griot's garage products are 100% guaranteed and all liquids are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, please note there's a new code. Use DRIVER10 for 10% off everything on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Bill Ng is in Texas writing to us with a big case of FOMO. <laughs> Since we're talking about Porsche, Bill has a 911 itch, but he also has a Lotus Elise itch he mm. has yet to scratch. His current cars in his family stable include a 987.2 Boxster, six-speed manual, Boxster S. He's got a C706 with the Z07 package, seven-speed manual, 955 generation Cayenne Turbo, 958.2 Cayenne S, which oh is his gosh. wife's car. Previous cars include a Shelby GT500 from 2011 BMW X5 diesel, Chevy Volt. You had a Chevy Volt, Bill. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. BMW is, i3. Well, Chevy Volt and an i3. This yeah, is a fascinating list of cars here, for sure. there. Yep, for sure. Uh, lifted Ram 1500 with 35s, Jeep Cherokee, and, oh, a very nice Volkswagen R32. So, I mean, you are wow. clearly a car guy. You've had some great stuff. What's interesting about this is you keep having this interest in a 911 or an Elise, but then you actually get down to what you currently own which is that Boxster and the C7Z06. And this is what the crux of the debate because you go, okay, I have two great cars, I know I do, but wait a minute, I don't have a 911 or a lease. So this is your debate. Amazing. You, keep, you keep shopping around going, what about a 997.2 <laughs> 911 manual? Or, or what about a lease? And then you go, you know, I do like my Boxster. It's and I do like car. my Z06. 
So this is yeah. this is you being such a car person. For sure. I love it so much. I, you know, anybody that would hear your garage would say, you've got an amazing garage. Why do you need to go further? Why do you need to keep looking? But we all also understand, yes. yeah, we're all still looking. We're looking for yep. that next experience. Yep. Well, Bill and his family have enjoyed plenty of fun cars, as he's said, and he's, he's contemplated a classic air-cooled 911, a C3 generation Corvette, or a 1972 mm. Nissan 240Z. All cool cars. Very cool. He's got access to a lift and tools and has friends and professional help available to assist with any maintenance or fixes. But Bill's question, is he missing anything But by not having a 911 or not having a lease to drive? Hmm. Are either of them worth selling both these cars in his collection for? Or either one to get one of them. Like if, if we decided, you know what, the C7 should be sold for a hmm. what? Yeah. Because he, he loves that 987.2 Boxster. He loves his C7 uh, Z06. So he's sitting here saying, look, the Boxster, his description now, the Boxster has perfect hydraulic steering, Great body rotation, creature comforts, and a nice power-to-weight ratio. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the Corvette Z06 is, I want to be the baddest guy on the road. Yeah, I want the big yeah. V8. I want the rumble. I want to just totally blow people away. He also says he's aware of the fact that so many times he's driving this car, he's not even using a quarter of it. Mm -hmm, he's boring mm -hmm. the car. Yeah. But but he loves the contrast. <laughs> is that of a those warning two light vehicles? on the dash? It should be. The car is bored. Uh huh. Do something about this. Either we, drive faster, find a track, or find you, a different road. You, you need to actually figure out what this icon is. It looks like a person yawning. I want to see that on the, <laughs> the you, car. Everybody knows what the bored. what the check engine light looks like. I want to see what it is to have a person yawning on your dash because that means you're boring the car. <laughs> Well, Bill asks if changing these out would be worth it, and he mm. realizes this is a first-world problem. Should he just rest easy knowing he's got fantastic options to drive all the time and be happy? But he says the 955 Turbo is going to get a lift kit and 33s or 35s. Oh, man. Yes, he's going full send. I appreciate your debate mm -hmm. more than you know, Bill, mm. because we're all looking around. We get the, the pinnacle car. Yep. We've been shopping. Yep. We finally get it. And you're back to doing the same thing on your laptop <laughs> that you were doing before you bought it. And, and, and your well, what and else your, is out there? And your very tolerant significant other is probably going, didn't you just get that car you bothered me about for six months or a yes. year? Which yes. you did, but yet there's so, you're, here you are again. We do this every single time. Every single time we even get a new car for the show, we're still looking. You know, be cool. We're still we have these conversations all the time. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, I get it. Bill, you're asking for permission to get something different. You have to give yourself permission. Well, your wife needs to give you permission too. And you certainly have ours because as much as I love your garage and love those cars, I say yes because you're always looking for new experiences. And it's, again, we've said for years now, you don't have to fall out of love with your car mm -hmm. to sell it. You don't have that's to hate true. your that's car true. to get rid of it. Yep. Yep. And I think that's where you're at. But it is about new experiences. And that is what we promote and we are enthusiastic about. I realize the fingers point back at me for not selling my Cayman. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, fingers could point at you for not selling I, your Elise. My Elise stays in the garage. You're absolutely right, yes. But we're all, we're in a different spot here because we are able to do different things and drive different cars. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we're able to yeah, kind of yeah. have access to that, Bill. You so, and I drive a lot of different stuff, which 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 kind of scratches that itch. Yeah, know. yeah. But still, there is that, let's go for something new. And that's the debate you're having. I mean, there's, there's no argument, Bill, that your garage right now is superb. It's I love fantastic. the contrast. Yeah. I love the small, white, small, lightweight, 
mid-engine feel plus Porsche hydraulic steering, not mm -hmm, electronic steering, mm -hmm. of that Boxster. And yeah, the big front engine, brash American car, those are exactly counterpoints. I, I want to dig in real quick 911 and Elise, just real quick. And okay. that is this. All right. There's a lot of things about the 997.2 uh, 911 that I like. In fact, it's one of my very favorite 911s, and I am not the 911 guy, and I am not the Porsche guy. Mm -hmm. and it is one of my very favorites. However, that 911 is going to feel similar in some ways to your Boxster. Mm -hmm. It's not the mm -hmm. same car. I personally prefer the rotation of the mid-engine, but, but it's going to feel similar. Yeah, yeah. An Elise is not going to feel like anything else you could own. True. And that's the thing. True. The, the, the 911, I think if you got in a 911, you'd kind of be like, huh. There'd be, there'd yeah. be new things about yeah. it. There'd be things about it you might like more, and there'd be things about the box you might, but you're going to feel the connective tissue. You're going to get in a lease and be like, yeah, I have no reference of this. This, is not, this does not reference anything else I've had or experienced. I'm not saying that's the reason to get it. But of the two things you're floating, Bill, I think that the Elise is a much more interesting something new than the 911. I feel like you're in a place where you have put the 911 up on a pedestal, and many people do, mm -hmm. that you have to have one. I don't think it's enough of a new experience, as much as you like your Boxster, to make that leap. I could argue the Elise because it's so different, though I have to admit, and I say this every time, the Elise is not for everybody. No, it's not. I mean, none of the Porsches here at Rensport, Bill, are on pedestals. I mean, the one that was got rolled off and put on track immediately. That's true, yeah, that's <laughs> they a good point. took it off the pedestal mm -hmm. and started mm -hmm. racing it and driving it hard. So yep. that was very encouraging. Now, Bill, we have a friend of ours, Todd and I, who had been intrigued by Porsches. And we debated a car for him long, long ago, and he ended up buying a Panamera. It was a Panamera Turbo, and mm -hmm. he ended up having a very bad experience with it, to the point of having to buy a new engine for that car. Yes. Now, this bad experience opened up a new line of thinking for him, because we've always said, we have our favorites, but we're also open-minded, and we want to drive other stuff too, because mm -hmm. there's so many great cars out there around the world, manufacturers and cars yeah, of... Yeah. All decades, there's so many great ones out there. And I hope and I do predict that that will continue because of car enthusiast fascination with great cars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what happens to the future world of cars that's coming at us. We're already tasting it. We're experiencing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. We're all seeing it. But every car company is full of enthusiasts that think, you know, once we're done with that minivan project, sure, sure. gosh, you know, it's not going to sell a lot, but we could get back into racing. Mm -hmm. We could do something here. We could cater to enthusiasts. That might bring them to the brand, and they might buy the sedan for their family, or the minivan, or the pickup truck, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. this still feeds that addiction, that enthusiasm. We're seeing it at a crazy magnified level here at Rensport. Yeah, we are. But other companies make really good cars, too. Mm -hmm. So our mm -hmm. friend went shopping elsewhere. And he was he threw the stiff arm at Porsche. He mm -hmm. didn't want another one. You could not convince him to buy another one. Yeah. And I agreed with him. Yeah. I thought, you're absolutely right. I can't believe you had such a bad experience. I'm really sorry to hear it. And so he bought a Volvo Polestar. Mm-hmm. And then he went to an Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio and laughed and couldn't believe what an amazing car that was. Currently, he's on Mercedes yep. and loves that car. And he's discovered Mercedes for his needs. He's thought about other brands. He's, 
you know, open to Porsches and kind of hearing about him again. But, you know, he's <laughs> You can now mention the subject without him twitching. That's true, yeah. <laughs> That's right. He wouldn't just fall onto the floor and curl up in the fetal position. He actually is kind of open to hearing about them again. But every car manufacturer has issues with cars. Yeah. They're complicated machines. So every car manufacturer throughout history has had their issue with a particular model mm -hmm. or a particular car or a series of engines or whatever that is. Name one and we can find the problems. But he has been set on a new journey to not just be focused in on this. We also have another friend who currently owns a 911 Carrera T. Brilliant car. It's mm -hmm. the driver's spec. And we had a conversation about Amira's. He's mm. got the car that everybody aspires to. Manual mm -hmm. transmission, mm -hmm. Carrera T, four-wheel steering. It's phenomenal. And he asked me, he said, huh, so how's that Amira? I said, it's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's an event. I love the Carrera T, and I would own an Amira in a freaking heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing, wonderful machine. Mm -hmm. And he just thought, but what if I leave Porsche? I said, okay. And? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you go and have a new experience, and you discover a new side of yourself? Yeah. I have done that with the Corvette. I, mm -hmm. I mean, there's no story for Porsche guy gets another Porsche. There yeah. is one for Porsche guy likes Corvettes. Yeah, sure. Oh, wait. Did they yeah. do something right? It's not the most you know, dynamic car we've ever driven. It's not the most amazing one, but for what it does, everybody keeps getting out of the Corvette that you and I have uh -huh. Uh -huh. and going, man, is that a great car? For yes. whatever task I just did it yes. with, whether I was driving fast and uh -huh. hard or I was just cruising, man, is that a great car. It is, it is very surprising, isn't it? Yeah. So I encourage, it doesn't just have to be in a lease and a 911 here. I still stand on Caymans. Mm -hmm. I still really love them. Mm -hmm. And he I, has a Boxster Spider. He has a Boxster. I mean, a yes. Boxster S, yeah. Brilliant car. I, I love the mid-engine. Okay, so what if you like that mid-engine? Because you're talking about rear and, and mid-engine and the Elise. What other manufacturers are out there that have that similar recipe? Corvette. Shoot. Toyota Supra, the GR Supra is mm -hmm. pretty good. It mm -hmm. has the Cayman Boxster wheelbase, so it does relate. <laughs> you love beating I that. love it's beating so that funny, drum. Yep. <laughs> but I want to encourage you not just for us to decide and sit here and say, because what are we going to say? I'm going to say 911. Todd's going to say Elise. Thank you for writing. Yes. I have two new combinations for you, though, Bill. I, I thought about the things you have, which is the small, light, agile car and the big bruiser V8. And I thought about mix and match here, but I thought about two new pairs of cars for your garage. Mm, okay. And so mix and match as you like. But one is an Elise and a Jaguar F-Type. That's great. Those are, the, they're going to do the, both of the things you like in your current cars right now, mm -hmm. but there's two completely new ways to go about both. I'll tell you my other one, an MX-5 Miata RF and a Mercedes AMG GT. That's fantastic. That, that's like large and small of the same recipe. Yes. That's fantastic. Or mix and match. Actually. Go Elise and AMG GT. Can you imagine that garage? Oh, man. That is a fantastic garage as well. So, Bill, I want to encourage you to look around and to realize there's lots of experience out there. I hope that one of these ideas kind of sparks you because I, I'm all about you having a new experience. But I'm also going to defend you. There's not a thing wrong with your current garage. <laughs> no. There's a lot of experience out there, though. No. Bill, how about an M2? What if you just kept your garage dark? Don't ever turn on the lights and just feel your way to your car, then open the garage door and speed out into the sunlight. I don't Once know. Once you're inside the M2, all you're looking at is the big it's Samsung great. screen, and then you don't know anymore. Okay, how about the prior generation CS? Sure. How about an Avora? Sure. There's so many good ones out there. 
you need the the driving experience, I feel like, and you've gotten a lot. You mm-hmm. have a lot at this point. I mean, is there a way for you to land on forums or, or drive your friends' cars or come on a, an adventure with mm-hmm. us? Yeah, great. Where we've got sometimes opportunities. You're not required by any means to swap keys, but many people do and find yep. it so refreshing. Yep. And they love explaining their car and what they love to somebody else mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. letting them go drive it and they yep. come back and like, yeah, wasn't that interesting? Or, oh, you didn't like that. Tell me mm-hmm. why. Let's, yeah, that's good. Let's have a discussion. What about BMWs? There's so many great ones. Prior generation CS or competition, something like that. Would yeah. Be, oh, yeah. The CS is yeah, such a CS rare, is great if you can different, find one. They're very interesting good. car. Yep. How about an older McLaren? I mean, your budget is pretty high. Mm-hmm. What about old Acura NSXs and many Ooh, older McLarens? Okay. What if you went backwards? Because I'm also afraid, Bill, that once you arrive at 911 or Elise, or both, mm-hmm. you'll feel done and you will feel guilty if you decide to keep looking around. Oh, sure. You're not sure. feeling guilty right now. You're just thinking, well, it's kind of first world problem. Maybe I'll look around and what if I get something? And you probably will because you wrote us an email. But what if you <laughs> buy happen again? <laughs> but what if you bought these two cars and you think, oh no, I've reached the end of my cul-de-sac. I'm not willing, I'm not open-minded. Mm, I, I've mm. got the two cars that I guess I just have to keep getting new iterations of this, but they're not going to be as good as these. So I'm stuck. Mm. And you feel guilty for continuing to look. What if that happens? I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I want you to yeah. kind of arrive at either 911 Elise or both by way of this long roundabout circuitous hmm, okay. route through okay. other cars because you've got the means to do it and you've got the will and the interest to do it. That's Not good. everybody has That's that good. to do That's it. That's true. And Bill, while you're doing that, can you share them with other people? I mean, Ooh, I like not, not everybody. It's not like everybody listening is coming to Bill's house. No, we're, not. <laughs> we're staying for dinner, and we're going to come over and drive your cars. This weekend at Bill's, everybody. <laughs> weekend at Bill's. Here we go. <laughs> we're going to come drive your cars. I'm saying with your close friends, you know, a friend or two yeah. Yeah. who has never had that experience and say, hey, I got this new car. I really want to share it with you. Let's yeah. let's go for a drive. I want yeah. you to drive it. Like I want it. to tell you about it. Like it. One or two people, maybe three. Mm, that's maybe good. All two million of us, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone listening to the podcast is going to Bill's. We're going to Bill's house. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ian is writing in with an interesting headline here. He's never had a car with more than 180 horsepower. So no cars over 200 horsepower. Now, I want to I I stop again here and say we are all so spoiled with numbers right now. Yeah, we are. Electrics have made it even worse. Yes, they have. And so you, we, we all, and I am including Paul and I, the instant response is less than 400 are you even trying? Quitter. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but know. you know what? 180 horsepower? That's what my Elise has. So it's not necessarily the number, but what's interesting about Ian's discussion here is he has a 2004 Miata six-speed with a limited slip diff. He's had it for the last 15 months. He loves it. He just he can't get over how great it is, but he's changing jobs. And in his job search, he came across a, a company that would require travel four days a week, but they give a whopping $600 a month in 
car budget with mileage reimbursement. Mileage reimbursement helps. That's good. Absolutely. He works in tech sales. He's like, I could do that. So he's <laughs> having this debate about this Miata, which is not powerful, but he loves it. It's a great date night car. No major mechanical issues. He and his fiance love it. It's so much fun to drive. But he says, you know, it's challenging on the freeway because it's a convertible, mm -hmm. but it has wind, wind noise issues, because of course it does. He said he's only getting about 24 miles to the gallon, and he's thinking, if I'm getting 24 miles to the gallon, <laughs> couldn't I have something really powerful and get almost 24 miles to the gallon, which is true. So he's like, if I'm not having to worry about gas, why don't I get something more powerful? And then he goes through his list. He had a Volkswagen Turbo S Beetle, I haven't looked that up, but I find it funny that that's less than 180 horsepower. <laughs> he had a Scion TC, a 2004 Mini Cooper S, a base model Jetta, and an old beater Hyundai Accent. Nothing broke the 180 horsepower barrier. Barrier. I thought the Mini Cooper S had more than that, but I'd have to look it up. doesn't matter. Anyway, so he's going, wait a minute. Where could I go? What if, what if I had 20 grand to spend? What if I had, with this new job, maybe as much as 35 grand to spend? He could have some fun. Are BMW Z4s the current one? Can you get those for 600? Well, what if it's like 800 a month with the mileage reimbursement if you're driving a lot? Because it's like a large Miata with a BMW engine. And I'm sure you could get a used one for this kind of money, hmm. a couple year old, because those could cars. You? Because those cars aren't selling that well anyway, and I don't think they have a second buyer. You're talking the current one, the one the that is very the, the, current, the, the partner of the Supra. Essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, uh, there's no manual, except in Europe and Australia, and well, everywhere else. Everywhere but, but here. But North America. <laughs> uh, could you get in? Could you look into a BMW Z4? Because I feel like we all think they're, they're fun to drive and cool cars. I would just rather prefer a Boxster or the GR Supra, but... I wonder, is, is that the sweet spot? Or maybe it's not the new one. Maybe it's one generation back. Those yep. were cool looking. And they were forgotten. They were they forgotten. They a metal awesome. hard top. They're actually pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. I liked the styling a lot on those yep. cars. Agreed. Uh, I haven't looked them up. I'm just, I'm just kind of noodling here, uh, Ian, with, uh, with thoughts. I mean, he'd like good handling. Uh, he'd like to keep the good handling, which is, which is good. The key thing is, he said his headlines are good handling, more space. He does some woodworking, and anytime he does anything related to woodworking, he has to take his fiance's Subaru Forester. He'd like to be able to take his own car if he could. Just plan on using the Forester for all your cabinetry needs. Well, yeah, I agree. Your, your woodworking, th let's not, let's your not building force, furniture. Here's the thing. Let's not force this car to deal with woodworking, but at the same time, how big is what you're dealing with? Because obviously nothing fits in your Miata, so anything you get is probably going to be usability-wise somewhere between your Miata and your fiance's Forester. We're gonna find a middle ground. So it depends on the woodworking project. I'm not gonna tie us to that, but it's interesting that he wants more space, at least as good a gas mileage, because what are we worried about? Mm -hmm. Hopefully more power in the process. I have a few here. I, I, I love that you enjoy your Miata, but handling more power and the ability to maybe haul some stuff, do some road trips, you have to look at Corvettes. You do C6 have to look at Corvettes. Or, or yeah. C7, because that's the thing I thought about. 24 miles a gallon, the Corvette can probably match or beat that which is crazy, top speed on the highway, of course, you need to look at a Porsche Boxster. It is sure. the more yeah. powerful Miata. Paul's brought up a great one with the Z4. I think that's excellent. I have to go here. I, I think it's obvious if I, if I leave it out, GR86, if you have $35,000, that's a new GR86. And, and here's the thing, you have an 04 Miata. The GR86 is gonna feel powerful compared to your 04 Miata. The seats fold down. Mm -hmm, it gets mm -hmm. high 20s to low 30s in gas mileage. 
most people are getting like 25 to 28 is what I is what I understand. We had I think 24 was our average. For, we had different wheels and tires on it. So there's that. GR86 is going to feel powerful and surprisingly usable. It's not a big powerhouse, obviously, but compared to what you're coming from, it might be plenty. And then I have wild cards. I like wild cards. Wild cards Do are it. hot hatches. Now you're coming out of a rear wheel drive Miata. So yeah, front wheel yeah. drive hot hatch idea might not be fun, but you could look at a Civic Si or you could look at a Veloster N. Both of those you would thoroughly enjoy driving. It isn't a rear wheel drive experience, but there's a lot of power and a lot of usability in those cars. As I continue reading, Ian is saying he doesn't want to worry about expensive or frequent replacement parts, meaning BMW. Dang it! Well, he thinks BMW, Audi, and Mercedes are out, but at the same time, I mean, if you're getting a new enough one, it probably is going to run well. Yeah, it, you know, I'm just trying to think of cars that are larger Miatas, and I, I come back to GR86s too. They're, yeah. they're really yeah, great. But it, is, I, it is the more usable Miata. I love Z4s. Yeah, I really cool. do think they're cool. I had a great cool. time with mine. You know what? Pretty much of any generation, G, <laughs> G3, Z3 and Z4, mm -hmm. I like all of them. Yeah, I see that. All see engines, that. all configurations, I just yeah. think they're cool. And, and they're such a Miata. They're not Miatas. And I think that's also why I like them a lot. But you could consider those. If you pay the right price for a good Z4, I think you'd really enjoy it. Z4 Coupe. G yeah, GR86 is such the car for you, Ian. I, I think it works I really sure. do think. Because you can cruise in that. And the, the new car has enough power that it's going to make commuting good. And passing good, mm -hmm. and it's comfortable enough too. I would not say GT86 because that's going okay. to be rough on no, you agree. for the driving that you're doing. Well, and he's not going to feel like it's powerful enough either. No, and there's, you know, we, we get around the perception thing. We say drive anything, you know, that's yeah. a kid car, that's an adult car. Drive what you want, yeah. but there is a perception with GT86 because you are in tech sales. You know, hey, mm -hmm. I, I think a GR86 would be a little That's bit a better little classier. Yeah. For, for what you're doing. Uh, go, go shopping, Ian. And yes, wishing you luck on your job search with, uh, with this potential travel budget. Let us know what you find, and thanks for writing. If you've got a debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv mm -hmm. at gmail.com, Topic Tuesdays, Car Conclusions, and your car debates. Lots of great questions, guys. Thank you. In honor of Rensport, I'm going to start with Bruce B's question on Instagram. You see this? I thought it was very apropos. Well, let me look here. He says, how many new model 911s available are there? How many trims of 911? He actually then gives us his real question, which is, he wants us to track Daily Crush any of the 911 models, the 911 trims. There's like 25. Oh, the, oh, the trims. So he's oh. just saying, how many are there now? And there it is, it's like 25 or so. I mean, with this one they just announced tonight, are we counting that? I it's, mean, it's more ridiculous. than 25 now. It's insane. Because the so ST he's saying, came out, and now this one. 911 only track daily crush. Pick 911 trims. And I think I can do this. Okay, let's hear it. For track, it's really an obvious answer. The track car 911, GT3 RS. It's awesome. The GT3 RS yeah. is amazing. It's awesome. The daily 911, I think, I think, is the Carrera T. Oh. You get manual, you get a little more raw. Yeah. So, because you, I, I debated going GT3 Touring, but I think the play is the Carrera T. You just dial everything back a bit. You get back down to the roots of the car a little bit, at least as, as you can in current models. The current models are still big. <laughs> back to the roots. But I, I think it's, it. I think it's Carrera T for daily. And Crush was easy for me. Uh-oh. Targa. 
See, that is the mm. nostalgia spec. It doesn't exist. There's no reason for that car to exist other than just sheer nostalgia. We are crushing the Targa. Wow, I mean, all the variants of that, there's the Targa, the Targa 4. Fine. The Targa 4S, Fine. the Targa 4 uh -huh. GTS. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, continuing with that theme, I've got a question from Mystic Negro. It's not Track Daily Crush, it's Hire, Fire, or Clone. Oh. Three individuals here. Carlos Gone. <laughs> He's gone, man. He's gone. He's gone. Sergio Marchione. Okay. And he was the former uh, CEO of Stellantis. Mm -hmm. Well, before it became Stellantis, yes. he passed away. And Johan Dinichen, who used to run Cadillac, and I believe he moved the Cadillac headquarters from Detroit to New York City for inexplicable reasons to and try to make help. it upscale. It, it didn't help, and then he was fired and they moved it back. So, mm -hmm. kind of in this order. <laughs> Sergio Marchione was uh, a great leader. Mm -hmm. He passed too soon, but I would uh, I would clone him. Okay. I would hire Carlos Ghosn because he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows everybody. <laughs> he, he, he knows he it all. He can get stuff done in that mobster kind of way. And I just like Cadillac, I would fire Johan Denetian because that's a Detroit brand. That's, did, did, that's, he, did he live within commuting distance of New York? Probably. Probably. That's, the whole deal. that's probably what happened, yeah. Let's see. What Anthony Zerg on Facebook is responding to something we talked about in the last podcast and also touching on something you and I were talking about today mm -hmm. as we were at Rensport and all these cars are burning lots and lots of gasoline in various different ways. He says, hang on a second. Didn't we just say that we think the next Miata has to be hybrid? And he's saying, why? Why? Mm -hmm. Because it's, is it going to get better fuel economy? The Miata already does really well. He doesn't need more power. Hmm. But a hybrid is going to add weight and size, which theoretically is going to ruin the dynamics of the Miata, which he, he acknowledges Mazda learned that by doing the third gen, the NC, and that's why the fourth gen, the ND, is smaller. He said, what on earth? Wouldn't this also make it more expensive, which is the last thing the Miata needs? He doesn't understand why on earth we think, or probably will happen, that the next Miata will be a hybrid. He said, is it based solely to adhere to 2030 regulations? which will inevitably be pushed back. This is his, his comment. Yes, yes. Okay. The 2030 regulations and 2035 regulations that are various countries are talking about not allowing any more internal combustion cars to be sold after those dates. We have said for years now that is a fantastic bit of political running for office. It's gotten notice, it gets press, and their stuff has happened. We think while it's made flashy front page news to be announced, it's going to be like, back page small corner mm -hmm. when it gets pulled back because mm -hmm. I just don't think this is going to happen. That doesn't mean EVs aren't coming. It doesn't mean EVs won't continue to grow. No part of me thinks that it's an all EV world when you buy a car in 2030 or 2035. I just think there's already various rumblings about people like starting to kind of find the ways to back off of this. I don't think it's going to happen. But here's the flip side. All of these car makers are trying to make their next round of product. Yes. And they're yes. trying to operate between five and 10 years ahead of when a regulation requires them to do so, which is one of the reasons why US presidents, when they come in and they change what the miles per gallon targets are, and then the next one comes in and changes it again, if that happens every four years, the car makers don't know what to make. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now there's yeah. European cafe regulations as well, but in every case, ultimately, car makers are trying to make a product cycle that will match the regulations when those hit, and they're five to ten years ahead. Well, if you do the math, 
That means Mazda and everybody else is trying to go, huh, electrified only by 2030? Well, that means if we're going to plan for the next Miata, we better think about a hybrid version. Will they get to that version and the, these regulations be relaxed? Possibly, but they can't hope that they will be. They've got a plan like every car. Look at every car maker on the planet. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have to be planning for those regulations, even if those regulations get moved and there's all the other political quagmires around it. But this is why the next Miata is most likely to be hybrid. It's interesting. I'm reading about Mazda and their potential partnership with Toyota because Toyota's got the resources that Mazda doesn't. Mm -hmm. And really, mm -hmm. it's about remaining competitive in the marketplace. And yes, addressing whatever regulations are coming. But you're right. Car manufacturers don't quite know. So they're having to hedge their bets in all areas yep. to be yep. able to say, okay, so that is that area is closing down. We need to be able to provide product in uh -huh. that arena uh -huh. that still will gain us sales, but it matches that regulation that's coming. Or you know what, that's getting pushed out. So you know what, we can you know, continue to do more efficient kinds of yep. thinking yep. And, and you know, follow market trends and that kind of thing. But they have to be able to respond, but they have to know further out because of product life cycles. Cars yes. are, yes. The, the life cycle has shortened dramatically over the years just due to engineering technology and design technology speeding things up, but they, they still are kind of slow in, in terms of a product, you know, initial product life cycle. So they've got to remain competitive. Jake's on a plane says, what is my favorite aspect of Porsche's design language right now? Least favorite. My most favorite, Jake, is the rear taillights on the 911. I really like mm, that mm. long bar across that has been seen on the 993 generation. It was on the GTS 928s, uh, a lot of different cars. I really do like that classy, clean, mm -hmm. you know, it's as wide as the car because it works for pretty much every Porsche model. That big long bar was on the thing they just released, this this 911 GT3R, yeah, the Rennsport, when it's of on there too. Thing. That was actually on there, even their tease photo was just of that. That's definitely their thing. I also like the quad headlight signature LED lighting. Oh, the four points, four dots. the yeah. four dots mm -hmm. and whatever form mm -hmm. that takes. I really do like that. That I is distinctive that. because you, we've seen all the car manufacturers are struggling to differentiate themselves with that is our signature lighting. Yeah. If all yeah, you yeah. see is just blackness and those two headlights, you know it's a whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. The C8 Corvette is very good at this because You're you right. know it's a C8. You're right. But all the rest, luxury car, now what yeah. is that? And yeah, they yeah. keep changing. They're mm -hmm. not consistent. Mm -hmm. But Porsche can be consistent throughout. Mm, that's good. As far as things I don't like, I, I guess I wish there was a bit more flamboyance, less, mm. uh, the surfaces aren't as full as mm -hmm. they used to be. And they, they don't have as much meat in the surfaces. They're not as swollen. The, the fender arches aren't quite as bulbous is the wrong word, but just having a full surface rather than a, a thin, flatter door panel. They could have inflated all I, I of them a little bit a more. A little bit more. You want five more PSI. I do. I, I want a little <laughs> bit more voluptuous, a little bit more drama to the surface where it's, it's just sensual. I feel like a lot of their surfaces have lost the sensual, beautiful Interesting. flowing that create those beautiful highlights. They're, they're thin. I mm, want mm. A, a more beautiful surface to come back uh, overall throughout their lineup. Adrian Holden on Instagram says, he knows that recent tire technology has moved a lot. And he said it's obviously mm. changing even more as cars are becoming even more powerful and even heavier. And so the tires are always developing. And you're right. They have, it's amazing how fast and how, uh, how fast they're changing and how good tires have gotten. He says, what cars have we driven 
that we felt were let down by the tires, and we kind of wish we could drive them again with better tires. I can think of a couple. GTI from years GTI, back. GTI, yes, we terrible. had, we had a, a Mark Seven GTI, and we felt like the chassis had twice as much to give as the tires, and the tires just gave up. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah. okay, this needs better tires. That's one, and then I will also say we're in the middle of dealing with it on our Prius right now. Thank I can't you. Believe. Yes, but but cars that are built with low rolling resistance tires. Yeah. I don't care what car it is. Prius is a great example, but come on, the GT86 had it originally. The FRS yeah, did. Yeah. Any car with low rolling resistance tires is being done a massive disservice on whether or not it's a decent car. And almost any of them I can think of, can you give it to me on better tires? And I'll probably come away with a different impression. Now, I understand why yeah. they're put on those tires, yeah. but in almost every single case, they are just, they're give up spec. <laughs> they are. They're just give up spec. Well, thanks to our friends at Vredestein, we have put the new wheels and tires on the Prius. We're going to do things with that car. We're and excited. Thank you to Toyota as well for providing the car. We don't have it as long as we'd like. Maybe we'll be able to keep it longer, but the tires have already transformed the car. We're already cackling. Yeah, we I got cannot believe some it. fun videos coming on yeah, that we do. for sure. Roach Coach NYC LLC, thank you for writing. It says, uh, no, they know how I feel about the name Probe for a car. Yes, it's weird and disgusting. <laughs> do we have a worst offender? I mean, that's up there for me. As a bilingual speaker, Roach Coach says, whenever he sees the Rematch Nevera, he thinks fridge. But by far the most... <laughs> okay, all right. By far the most poorly chosen name has to go to Mitsubishi for the Pajero. J's have an H sound in Spanish. Yes, you're right. We got to be cautious of that. It's less for me about uh, the hidden meanings because there was, you know, there have been poorly chosen names throughout history, but names that don't match the car, like the Ford Flex, that doesn't match. You know, mm, when when you think okay. you said fridge, I think fridge tipped on its side. When I think of Ford Flexes, sure. yeah, yeah, and a flex that you're not flexing. <laughs> There's no flex okay, driving fair. that thing. I, fair, I yeah. mean, I know there's many people out there who like them, and they are quite useful, but you're not flexing. So I'll have to keep thinking about those names. Colorado Canyon Carver, last question for me, says, with the majority of new cars coming with screens everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I've noticed? I, sorry, brief side rant. We're very excited to get into the new Mustang. Yes, we are. But that has a ton of screens. It has screens, kind of screen treatment similar to the new M2. It's like they were looking at each other. It's like, let's mount the Samsung and keep going. So this is the big, the big screen thinking. I, so far, every review I have seen on the new Mustang says some variant of, oh, cool, getting the Fox body gauges on the screen is one of my favorite things. That shouldn't even make the top five list. I mean, I haven't driven it yet. Remember the sequential taillights from years ago? Yes, but I'm... Like the yeah. sequential taillights yeah. are back. Woohoo! That differentiates I, our car. I, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that you can do that. It's a goofy little thing, and I understand it's just coding, but that shouldn't be in the top five for that car. We should have other things to talk about before we get to... I can pull up old-style old gauges. But anyway, his question is, all of these screens everywhere, it's making him wonder if cars are becoming like cell phones. Yes, they are. Disposable when they break and extravagantly expensive to fix. Also, when the tech becomes outdated, will be traded in for a new model. Canyon mm. Carver, you're 100% right. This is happening already. And this is actually something that I see even more commonly with electric cars. Because electric cars are so much still, even 10 plus years into mass market electric cars, they're still so much at the beginning of their technology that it's changing so fast that you want to get the new one. It's one of the reasons we often recommend to people if you're going to get an electric car, lease it. 
mm-hmm. because the tech is moving so quickly yeah. that it's going to outdate itself. And I do think that the screens everywhere, everybody is still trying this, but it does two things. On some level, the general mass public likes it because we use our phones so much and we're used to a touch screen. Yeah, we wanted to yeah. do so much stuff. Also, it is cheaper to design a screen that has 45 million levels versus a bunch of buttons, which the rest of us like. But in every case, cars from the 90s don't seem as old as cars from the early 2000s. That's because cars true. from the 90s don't have screens. Yep. Cars from the early 2000s have bad-looking Atari on the dash, and you just go, oh my gosh, that looks terrible. <laughs> Volkswagen Phaeton. <clears throat> Seriously, absolutely that's true. <laughs> and so as a result, those cars age fast. We're at the same place right now, and I think cars from roughly this 10-year swath we're in, let's say 2018, to mm-hmm. 2025 or so, maybe 2028, I think that range of cars is going to age rapidly because it is the explosion of screens in cars while we all put in proprietary graphics. And I think there's going to have to be some level of retraction or, if not a retraction, it is going to encourage people to every three years I have to get a new car, which is good for the manufacturers. Yeah, it is. Uh, Canyon Carver, I will leave you with this thought as we walk around Rensport and we run into the display, for example, of all the cars that were the the refresh, the restorations done by the dealers. Sure, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, what other car company is encouraging the dealers to compete mm-hmm. and win you know, we, we picked this car, here's the reasons we did, and we restored it, and here it is, the, the winning car. And not only do none of them have a screens, but I have to run this through the, the lens or the filter of asking, is the car special enough that you could see it being restored or rebuilt in the future? Interesting. Do we see that? Do we, and I'm asking our audience, our, the collective, we, the enthusiasts, do we see any EVs as restoration worthy, or if they're not old enough or broken down enough to be restored, would you keep driving? Is that car special enough to you that Mm. you could see the battery just being replaced? Mm. And that means it's got brand new life again, and we'll just keep driving it because it's such a special car. I just need a a fresh new battery because the battery is 10 years old, and could we replace Mm. that? Battery, maybe the power unit, and the, everything's refreshed. I keep the screen, I keep everything, and the car's so special, I gotta keep driving it. Do we see that happening with EVs? That's a great question. And I think the answer is no. I think mm. the cars that are special enough, because cars last a long time. Yes. The ones yes. that are unrestored last a long time, right. like my You're 928. Right. It's yep. because we keep dumping money into them, but if you do, <laughs> is right, the car though. special enough? Yeah. Because mine, yeah. despite all the money I poured into that car, it's still not worthy of hitting the landfill. It was not worthy of being junked True. just because it's True. old yeah, yeah, and yeah. old tech yeah. and needed a few things. Well, it needed all the things, but still. <laughs> it needed all the things. <laughs> it, it was still a special enough car that it's worth keeping those around. And we're seeing that evidence, not just Porsche, but in any manufacturer. People are keeping them alive by keeping them going, recommissioning, mm. restoration, mild to heavy. The cars that are special enough that you could see, you know what, I could, I could still drive that years from now because it'll still be around. It'll change ownership. All these race cars here at Rensport, mm. they will, we'll see them 40 years from now still being raced and driven like they are. You're probably right. They will have just changed owners and they'll still be alive because they are so special. And I apply that to not just Porsche again, but all other cars too. The ones that are special enough, could you see? So you have to run it through that filter. Mm, Are these EVs special enough? Is a 2012 Tesla Model S special enough to you to say, replace the battery and let's just keep driving it? No, you want the new one. Mm, Good point. 
like I said, there will still be special builds and special cars. They might be hybrids. They might be EVs. Yeah. But it doesn't apply to all cars. But the problem is, I think EVs are kind of proliferating more towards disposable I, rather I than let's save those cars. We're talking yeah. save the manual. Let's save the cars. There's no reason to junk mm. them. Let's You're keep right. them going. Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate you listening, responding, yeah. and sharing yeah. the podcast too. Rate and review when you get a chance on any platform that you listen to. We're running into people at Rensport already who said they, they heard your voice, Todd. Yeah. Walk by. I was said, walking along in a group of people and awesome. they called out to us. We were like, I know that voice. That was awesome. I'm not even sure they knew what we looked like. They were like, I just know that voice. <laughs> Where's that voice it was great. from? It was very good. So thank you guys for all your interaction, your support of Everyday Driver, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being our friends too. We're all in this, uh, this car community and, and we love what we do and we're yeah. thrilled to be able to share it with you. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.